Cue John. Hello, friends. Mm-hmm. Hello, everybody. Hello. How mm -hmm. you guys doing? Paul, can you hear us? Paul. Paul. Okay, good. He nodded. Yes, I had a mute. Okay, oh, we're good. Good. Cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. It's working again. Amazing. Mm -hmm. How technology functions sometimes. Big brains. Uh, yeah, so we're back for Oshwamp once again after last week's turbulent episode. Uh, that's a good word for it. Yeah, and it's not going to stop. Never going to stop. Nope, we're on this train. Uh -huh. We're on the train. <laughs> Everybody hop on. Hello, conductor. Get your tickets. I want to be the conductor. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I want to be. I'll aboard the train. Uh, anyway, so we don't waste any time. We're going to say who we are uh, around the table, um, and then we will hop into the action after a recap. So I am Don, and I play Ethier Revia, the uh, cleric in this one. The what cleric? Grave Domain. Uh huh. Cleric in this one. Uh, I'm Paul, and I play uh, Felix Gray, and I, I am a mystic. Mm -hmm. I'm Lawrence. Or not Lawrence. It's hard to remember who I am. And I play Yalum Well. The storm has taken my memory. The storm has taken my memory. <laughs> I'm Sarah, and I am playing Ritora, the druid. Moon druid. Moon druid. Moon druid. The storm taketh your memory. It really hasn't been that relevant that I'm mm -hmm. a moon druid, but. Mm -hmm. That's what I am, Eladrin. Mm -hmm. Don't okay. challenge him. Mm -hmm. we'll, <laughs> do that. we'll get there. <laughs> and I'm DJ. I play Nesgrim, the Asamar Paladin. Uh huh. So, sorry, the fallen Asamar Paladin. Uh huh. And I'm John, the dungeon master for the city of Oshwamp. Uh, we'll be handling uh, Vorst uh, as Glenn is unfortunately unable to make it. If you're watching, Glenn, hello. Hope it goes great. Uh, but last time. On the final wonderful wonderful return to Oshwamp. <laughs> oh, what a great episode. Retour of the Blythe Nurturer. Uh, we talked a little bit more, continuing our conversations with Faye, Luna, and Grace. Uh, finding out a little bit more about Leo and his wonderful opportunities for baking, utilizing his magical topaz gem. Uh, and eventually we came to the conclusion that it feels a little bit safer to go to Adrian than the trees. Uh-huh. The way you word that makes me think it was safer to go to the forest. I mean, I mean we saw what happened. Yeah. Could be equally bad. Yeah. It could be equally bad. <laughs> it could be equally bad. Or equally good. You don't know if this is uh bad still. I don't I don't feel good. It, yeah. Uh we went to Adrian's shop again because we just kinda missed that dude. He was in there creepily clacking some coins, just clink 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 clink. Uh covered in blood, Yalumlo asked for his uh end of the bargain to be upheld, Adrian offered him some very delicious information about his vision of Yalumlo and his interpretations of noticing that it is very unorthodox for him to see the individual who is making the payment because he sees a relation to the person suffering or dying and found it quite unusual to see Yalumlo in the vision itself. Uh, claiming that Yalumlo is in fact not one, but two. Uh, Yalumlo agreed, and eventually, while Ritor and the others were down, well, Ritor and Nesgrim uh, in the future were down in the basement having a grand old time with Adrian, uh, Yalumlo opened up about the situation with his brother back in his homeland and his reason for coming to the city of Oshwamp, 
and some of the hereditary things and cultural, um, culturally significant aspects of his people back in the Rava Wode. Uh, while Adrian led Nesgrim and Ratora down to the special basement uh, for a grand old entrance, I guess I should say, uh, Nesgrim and Ratora contemplated and were offered another vision. Nesgrim seeing baby Nesgrim terrifying his mother and her hugging him closely, promising that they did everything that they were told, that he was in fact their son, not his. And then Nesgrim bit her on the neck after his terrifying transformation at the sound of whips nearby. Uh, we concluded the vision with Adrian, who reveled once more in ecstasy, possibly for the last time. We'll see. Uh, he offered a bony dagger to the two of them with a choice. Which of you will kill me? We contemplated, struggled, contemplated some more. Struggled some more. Pulled out the timer. Struggled some more. I pulled out the timer, and we fucking panicked. <laughs> Shit hit the fan. And Ritora stabbed Adrian in the neck. And then he pulled her hand around his neck, sprayed them with his blood. We realized that the magic circle that had been binding us in its presence was now broken. The floor beneath the circle began to shatter and break. The vines came out creepily, beginning to consume Adrian. And we cut off the remainder of his head. And we fled up the stairs, Ritora now recognizing the black holes that she had seen on Adrian's flesh. One of them now was branded into the palm of her right hand that she had used with the dagger to kill Adrian. She utilized the brand to open the door, returned back upstairs, and we met back with our other friends upstairs, confessing the wonderful situation that had occurred in the basement. Uh, we began to panic, uncertain as to what to do, told everyone else the state of the visions. We contemplated and struggled some more. Ethier began skinning Adrian's skull to prepare for his own ritual. Uh, we did thankfully gather a casting of Adrian's ritual as the herbs burst through from his body. As he had said, they had not yet grown. How damaged I am in your glory, Master. And we are beginning here, amidst Ethier's vision, as young teenage Adrian is standing, forearm gripped by a tightly squeezing claw, bursting through his arm, cascading blood down his elbow, promising to send everyone to his master's river so I will say goodbye to the three of you mm -hmm. and I will Good say luck. to Paul peep <laughs> Don please don't kill us I'll try not to Bye, Don. it was nice knowing you Very good. Just had to read the uh, the note of clarification from Lawrence about something. Very good. Well, Don, <laughs> I will make it as 
fun as I can. <laughs> you see Adrian giggling as though exuberant, elated by the fact that his master is here with him. You see the blood trickling down from his arm, staining his elbow as he's holding up towards this figure, and you watch as it drips, kind of sliding down, dripping onto the ground. You hear it make contact with a a harder surfaced floor, as though you would be able to interpret that he is realistically not outside because you don't hear that faintness as though it was descending onto grass or something akin. Okay. He stands there, arm shaking. You... You will take me someday, won't you, Master? And you hear this overwhelming sense of silence overtake you for where you are. And Adrian lowers his hand and begins to turn in your direction. Oh, Mr. Ethier. Oh, no. And you see his other arm begin to convulse violently, and he lurches forward, and you watch as his hair begins to grow back to the length it was at which you knew him in present day, and you see the blood stop dripping in air as though frozen in a moment in time. And you see him pull his arm back down to his side, and he turns towards you. You see his open gray robes, his chest and stomach exposed. You can see bursting through a small hole, almost like akin to the smoker's yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bursting through these violent red berries oh. underneath his Adam's apple. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> and bursting out from his navel, you can see these other leafy green herbs. And he holds his arm over those. And you watch as the blood begins to again drip, staining the green leaves red. Hello, Mr. Ethier. How is it you are able to communicate with me? And what has happened to you? What has happened to me? I've been growing all this time, Mr. Ethier, readying myself for the return. And you watch as he just pulls his robe back slightly more, and you see, as Retora and Nesgrim had described to you, these black, vacuous holes in his flesh. As you're standing here, though, you can see emanating out from them thin wisps of what look like a dark black smoke, kind of encircling around them, as though if you were to press fire, like almost a branding, you would okay. see the smoke elevating off as the skin is seared and singed. You can see it swirling in these circular patterns, almost in an inviting consistency. 
You still don't understand, do you, Mr. Ethier? I can't say that I do. I will admit I am a bit of an amateur in comparison to whatever you clearly do that is different from what I do. A bit blind, Mr. Ethier. Perhaps, but I help people. Help them? Yes, you do. Good, good people. We appreciate it immensely, don't we, Master? And you watch as his head just like rolls as he looks around above him. Still silence in the area around you. Oh, Mr. Ethier, I cherish who you've been, and I admire who you may become, should you ask it of me. And he begins to stretch his shaking hand out towards you. You can see that his right hand again in the palm, is one of these smoking circles, and the smoke is beginning to weave in between his extended fingers. His fingers on this hand look withered, as though he had been in a sauna, and that same wrinkled visage marks his fingers. I will not become you. Oh, you could never be me, mystery there. I have always been special, but you could be something special as well. I am very happy with who I am. I hope those that deserve it. Deserve it? What you gift them, <laughs> Mr. Ethier? What you gift my master? A home in this place. I... I don't understand. Do you want to understand? I suppose. Do you want to see? What will I see? You've seen fragments. You've seen the river. Yes. Oh, Mr. Ethier. And you see him just wave his other hand out slightly to the side of him. And you watch this black smoke emanate out from the area where the puncture marks are in his forearm and it wreaths up his hand and he just spreads his fingers and beckons and you see, similarly to how you have always seen, a river, wide, steady, flowing, not aggressively, steadily flowing. And you can see that to the side of this river, not attached to any ground, still in a black vacuous space, 
you can see what looks like a very small mahogany-colored dock with an oar resting, swaying as though attached by a ring slid into one of the poles, swaying very lightly in the waves of the water as they just pass by it. Sound is comforting, as though something you've always been aware of its presence, despite never seeing directly. Sure. There is so much here, Mr. Ethier, where we roam, where we choose to wander in the dark. There appears to be much more to this that I do not understand. Am I not helping the people which I try to save? Helping for whom, Mr. Ethier? Helping them, not helping you. Oh. What helps my master helps us all. You hear him take a very labored breath, and you see these shadows continuing to pulsate as they wreathe around his two arms. And in the distance, you hear a soft but high-pitched squawking and the slow descent of flapping wings. You look in the direction. I will look towards the sound. And you see Malo fluttering over towards you. Oh, how callous of you to arrive. Unwelcome. And you see his face begin to, like, scrunch up around his jaw. As though he's biting with his bottom teeth his upper lip. Religious. What do you know of my bird? Your friend, Mr. Ethier? Yes. Undeserving. Foul creature. My master does not welcome such a beast. I care not for your master's wishes. And you watch as Malo descends and lands comfortingly on your shoulder, just looking at you from the side. Do you look at Malo or do you look at Eth- or do you look at Adrian? My eyes stay on Adrian. Do you stay on Adrian? Yeah. You see the shadow cascading up his arms, beginning to encompass around his shoulders. Mm, there's no time, Mr. Ethier. You can choose to remain blind, or I can show you all my master's glory, all my master's power. I do not wish to become like you. No. No matter you. 
how much you crave to know, Mystery Theer. I care only for the people I save. I care not for knowledge of the dark powers you speak of. Their lives are the only thing important to me. And they're the only thing important to me, Mr. Ethier. And you see the shadow beginning to overtake as it now is rippling out greater from the areas on his body. Smoke kind of mixing and intertwining around his chest, sliding up and snaking up his neck, looking at his jawline. You can't... Deny me? You're mine. Mr. Ethier? I belong to no one. He reaches out towards you, and you hear Malo squawk, and her wings spread. And you hear for the first time a voice squeaking out in your ear. Run, Mr. Ethier. Don't let him take you. And you see these shadowy black hands reaching out towards the collar of your neck. I'm going to attempt to banish him as I've banished others. Mm hmm. And you wave your hand, and as you do, you watch as this shadow erupts around Adrian's jaws, sliding, and you see once more the visage of a younger Adrian, encased in this shadow, sliding up over his cheeks, touching the lower lid of his eyes. We can't save them, Mr. Ethier. And you see the skin begin to pull away from his face, exposing the lines of his jaw and his teeth. We can't save any of them! And your vision begins to fade as Malo squawks once more, and you hear her wings start to echo in the distance. And you look to your shoulder out of the side of your eyes and you see no bird on your shoulder and you see young Adrian consumed by this shadow flaying his flesh stripping him asunder the harbor sways and fades from your sight is there anything you would want to say to Adrian before I conclude your vision Whatever fate becomes you, you deserve what you get. And you just see, in the small areas where skin remains, tears descending down this young man's face. I know. I see. And your vision drifts apart. You may come back in, friends. 
chosen like a true ether. Mm hmm. So, how much should we panic? A justifiable amount. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you alive? Yeah. Are you conscious? You all, sitting here, standing around, having begun to go through the belongings in Adrian's shop, as Felix parts curtains and we begin to grab vials, you hear, coming from Ether's direction, this sizzling, almost as though embers beginning to spark and pop. You hear Ether let out this convulsive guttural gasp. And you see the smoke in front of him in his brazier amidst the embers begin to twist into itself, almost at first appearing like a tornado of a dark black smoke and it begins to rise and it begins to spread and from this smoke you see these horrifying blood drenched scraps of flesh sink to the floor around the brazier and you see Ether shaking as this thing begins to rise. The, the shapes of flesh, are they all circular? They are not. They look mm-hmm. like mostly circular, but it looks as though there's a little bit of rigidity where I guess the best thing is like, you know the traditional like splat shape? Mm-hmm. It's like that, where it looks as though it was circular and as though it's spreading outwards. Great. As though growing. We found Adrian. Would you permit me... Uh an action or am I like still dazed? This is in the time frame of your vision. Okay, so in the time it. frame when I described sure. it was growing, it's growing. And you see this shape begin to manifest itself in front of all of you. I will permit you guys an action to understand or to attempt to do something and then you will wake up. And then we will get the fuck into this. <laughs> so, so uh, within the time frame, I, I can tell that something is coming out of there. Yes, some horrifically ominous and malevolent presence is very. I, I cast inertial armor. Cool. Is that nothing weird's happening with? The hole in my hand, is it? Would you like to look at the hole in your hand? I don't know if I do now. Uh, yeah, I'd like to look at the hole in my hand. Welcome me home! <laughs> you look at the hole in your hand, and you see around the edges of it. Now, again, the hole in your hand is very small. Yeah. You see around the edges of it this very akin to what you see before you, thinly sparse black smoke circling out from your palm. You feel no pain in that area. It does not sting. It does not feel like heat. 
but you see smoke wisping out from this circle in your hand. Gonna use divine sense. Uh huh. You detect undead. Found Adrian. Um, there, whatever this is, is undead. Um, bonus action, move the thing. Hmm. Would you like to? I don't think I can in this context. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, call the blade. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I'm remembering correctly, I already have the contents of that pouch slid into my glove from the previous session. You do. Paul, you said you cast inertial armor? Yep. Very good. I'm going to cast Shillelagh. Very good. Grab my... And Aether, your eyes open in a rush. And you see this figure stemming out from the skull in your brazier. Hovering above you in the night. You know you're inside, but it looks almost like a brilliant night sky before you, spread out in perpetual black. And this is all you see, Mr. Ethier. Just this, as though it stretches on forever. Make a wisdom saving throw. Ten. Ten. You look into this void, and you hear a crow. Perfectly timed. <laughs> Always. And your face just kind of sags back to normal. And you see the shop suddenly around you. You still see this shadowy shape in front of you. You see your friends about 10 to 15 feet away from you inside of this area. And you see this shadow begin to lurch. And a oval-shaped head appear on its height. Roll initiative, friends. What if I just don't? Natural twenty. Um, do I need to cast? Do I need to roll for burnout? Uh, did inertial six, armor six. consume side points? Two side points. Yep. Yes, it did. That's a D twelve, right? Correct. Yeah, that's a one. Oh, oh God. you burn out. <laughs> you got your table. Yay. Uh, or you probably do, you don't? Did you give him the website again, Don? I'll message it to him. And also the the table. It's on the website. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. How big is the room we're in? Uh, so I had previously described this room as moderately narrow, where I would say that it's about, because of the spacings of the curtains and the cabinetry on the side, mm-hmm. uh, it's about 15 feet wide. Uh, the length of it is approximately 40 feet, 50 feet. I'll say 50 feet. It's kind of like... A long rectangular room. In the city, like a... Like a row home? Yeah. Correct. In fact, I'll line us up. 
do regret my choices already. Oh. I haven't played in so long. I like Nesgrim though. Yeah, it's been very long. Um, so I burned out my D. My uh, it goes down to a D10. Yeah. There was it supposed to be. There's supposed to be more, wasn't there? Yeah. On if you click on the word burnout, die, a thing will pop out from the side, and you can click on burnout consequences table, and it'll pop up the table. So then you have to roll a D100 to see what the effect is. That's nifty. Oh, that's right. Okay. Oh wow. Um. Yes. I passed last session. This was my roll because I didn't think to do it. I didn't think to do it. Want me to flip this over or no? Nah. Okay. I'll get the camera set up after we do this. We'll just say it's 20 feet wide. Yep. Easy. Just how I imagined it. Uh-huh. Just like home. Mm-hmm. And then I guess we're... Uh, you guys want to grab minis for yeah. you? Yeah. Because yeah. you and I are here. You're there. Very, very good. Um, Don't you guys want something for me? Yeah, just yeah. grab anything for uh, Paul and for Lawrence, please. Ugh. <sighs> About Vorst? Uh, Vorst, I'm going to say, is outside. stepping outside. Uh, as though rushing away to inform someone. <laughs> sure. Uh, so I rolled a 62, so okay. I'll be taking, I lose side point cost plus one hit points. So you lose three. Yep. Yeah, you said it costed two side points, right? Yep. Okay, so yes, three. And my inertial armor does not cast, correct? No, no, you still get the effect of it. It's just as though the oh, residual... Oh, Yeah, you still get the effect, yeah. Okay, good. It, it just came with some extra. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a power um, flux. It hurts so good. Oh. My minis are in a bag at somebody's house. Oh, yeah. My fun spells. Haven't had a chance Paul, to you're going to be this guy with the rock. Jump. So, oh. which side of this room is Adrian's basement on? The basement is more towards me. You guys would be more on the opposite side. Sure. I guess the, the question I have is, like, Paul and I were, we're looking searching at back over here, probably. Sure. Yeah, you guys Presumably, can be that Presumably, that's where all the, like, curtains and stuff were. They're along the entire along side. The entire side. I mean, yeah, I, just... I mean, you guys can place yourself genuine. If you also think you would have moved towards this thing, I'm not going to tell you you could not have moved as well. I would have moved away. Then that's fine. Oh yeah. Which so one? I can't see the figures, the wrong but move me away from it. Yeah, you should. If you hit camera, you should be able to in a second. Ball. There you go. Hmm? You're you're this guy with the oh, rock. Oh, there we go. You're that guy right there. Your rock oh, man. Perfect. Mm-hmm. DJ, <laughs> what's your initiative, buddy? Five. 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 Sarah. Also five. Uh, wow. You want to go first? Paul? Sure. Uh, I just rolled it. It is... Oh, my God. Is it five? Eight plus three, eleven. Okay. <laughs> Lawrence? Five. Oh, God. Done. Natural 20, 24. Ooh. To be fair, if three of us rolled five, I mean, that's almost like... Mm-hmm. Great. So we all got decent rolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I don't remember how to play. Uh, do we want to roll off, or does somebody have a preference? Uh, she's going to go before me. Do you want to go before me or after me? 
I'm fine with either. I'll go before you then. All right. Sarah, Lawrence. E- yep. BJ. Well done. You have first action. Okay. This is a shadowy figure that again looks comparable in height to Adrian. However, it is hovering over your brazier. Okay. Um, Can I use a free action to put the water or use my water to put the fire out on the brazier, assuming there is one? I mean, it's no longer like things are lit. Like I had described, the embers were still sparking. Okay. Can you also change this to combat horrifying? (laughs) Oh, sure. Thank you. (laughs) I I need my... I was on combat tough. I'll go No, I need my comfort zone, Don. Okay. I gotta roll good. (laughs) I'm already good. I'm already very good. Oh, no. You rolled a 20. I rolled a 19. (laughs) It didn't matter that we rolled five. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't going before him. Mm Mm-mm. I mean, if we roll 20. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I, I, was, horrifying. I was getting ready to say, what are the chances of all three of us rolling 20s, but what are the chances of all three of us rolling 5s? The same too? chances, same actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you rolled exactly 5. Yeah. I actually have a dex mod, so Me. that means I rolled lower. Than <laughs> oh, God. Yes. <laughs> same for Sarah, then, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I rolled a 3. Uh-huh. <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it have any sort of weapon of any kind? Not that you can see from behind it. It looks like a shadowy black tornado with pieces of flesh falling off of its icky, lightly grayer, kind of, again, splat-like yeah. oozings dripping off of it. All right. Um, I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt at a first level. Sure. I'll roll my burnout. Mm-hmm. Seven, so we're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a 19 to hit. 19 hits? This is going to be a great time. Uh, you're five feet in front of it. Those. It is technically a range spell attack. Yeah. Do range spell attacks? Can you look at uh? Is it disadvantage? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think it's just weapon attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think they have the over under the ranged weapons. Correct. Yep. You're good. Okay. Cool. I think they are just within. Even if it did, I'm fine with making the call that you have. Okay. Traditional Uh, roll. 18 points of damage, radiant damage. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, And its next attack roll, the next attack roll made against that target before the end of my next turn has advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am going to bonus action and cast spiritual weapon. Mm-hmm. And I'll go grab that. And it's going to be a spiritual bird. It's going to be a raven. Yes, it is, Don. Of course it is. Uh, I got to roll for that, too. Yes, you do. Four. We're good. Okay. That's me. So, do you stand up? Because you were sitting. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yes. I'll say that you stand up, seeing this shadowy figure in front of you, and extend one hand towards it, illuminating your palm, and kind of pressing your hand very close to it, almost like a a shockwave blast of white radiant light stretching out, pulsing into the back of this creature. As you do, you hear again 
a raven cawing around you as your spell emanates out from your hand. And then almost instinctively, your left hand reaches out and you squeeze your fist and a small raven does emerge from your hand, manifesting your spiritual weapon and adjacent, I'm assuming adjacent to this thing. Yeah, you wouldn't summon right it away. There. Yeah. Very good. So would I not have, have had a choice in that, regardless of whether I made that decision or not? I mean, I think I just expected you to do it yeah, and I was prepared gonna. for it narratively. Fair enough. There Perfect. was every no chance I wasn't going to do that, so. Uh-huh. Very well. That's that's the that's the veil here, is mm-hmm. we have all the choices. John just knows what they're going to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and you see as this shadow kind of shrivels and lurches when this snaps and resonates against its back and you all see the white light kind of pulse out, pulsate from out behind it in a flash and then quickly dissipate, pulling itself back towards Ethier. You see this thing wriggle its shadow-covered shoulders as more flesh strips and falls to the ground around it. Ah. <sighs> To choose, to choose three of you. Now, when it emerged, hmm? was it facing him as it emerged, or was it facing the other way? It's facing him. It is facing him. Hmm? Absolutely. It begins to unleash this strange ethereal distant echo in an area around it as though voices suddenly begin to fill this space incoherent indecipherable voices chattering around you growing louder in your ears is everyone within 30 feet of me Uh, I think just Paul's not yeah, yeah Paul's just, Paul just is not. outside. Please, friends, make wisdom saving threats. Hmm. Oh. Is it 10? 10. 17. 17? 11. 11? 16. 16. As these voices fill your ears with their overwhelming sense of chatter, we'll roll. For those of you who failed, it is 10 psychic damage. What's a... Who, who failed? Who failed? So... Presumably you, me. 11. So DJ and Lawrence, you take the full 10 psychic damage. Don and Sarah, you take 5 psychic damage. Have we taken a long rest? Yeah, we haven't fought since we... Okay. Yeah. For some you reason. did say psychic, psychic, yes? Yes. For you, yes. Mm-hmm. And DJ and Lawrence, the two of you are stunned until the beginning of your... until the end of your next turn. So at the conclusion of your turn, you will not be stunned, so should I attack anyone, you would not have the stun condition because it's not going through till my turn. This creature strikes out as though you see 
a pulsating shockwave kind of grow in its neck. And as you hear the babbling in your ears, you hear this shriek. And the, those of you around here see Nesgrim and Yalumlo shake slightly and then stop moving. That is my turn. Paul, it comes to you. Wonderful. Um, so the first thing I'll do is I'll use my bonus action to uh, change my psychic focus to Mastery of Force. Mm-hmm. And then after... Uh, no, I'll, I'll uh, choose to push him first. So um, I choose the target within 60 feet I can see. The target must make a strength saving throw. Um, my discipline DC is 13. Uh, on a failed save, it takes 1d8 force damage per side point spent, which I will use 3. And up to 5 feet, five feet the target is pushed 5 feet per side point um, in a straight line away from me. On a successful save, it takes half as much damage. I am a 16. So you pass. Correct. I will take half damage and not be pushed. Is forced here? Sorry? Is forced here? Vor stepped out to go get assistance when he so saw what was six, happening. I rolled 16 total. So, eight. so you take 8. And I will roll burnout. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, okay, psychic damage. And um, where I am standing, what is behind me? The door? Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to move, I guess, one space back and then one space to the right. Mm-hmm. So that way I'm not blocking the door, but I'm further yeah, away. Yeah, in the, in the farthest corner you can possibly be. <laughs> yup. And I will conclude my turn. Sarah, comes to you. Oh. Alright, so I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna cast Bark Skin mm-hmm. on myself. Okay. Uh, I rolled a 12 on the burnout, that's... You're safe. Safe, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I would like to Don, can you move her? Oh. I thought she was counting. And take a swing at this. With your shillelagh? Yeah. Absolutely. You'll have advantage. Mm-hmm. From guiding bolt. My heart's like pounding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> had combat in a while. You're telling me. Mm-hmm. You said advantage, right? Chris. Yeah. Even better. Alright, so that's going to be 24 to hit. 24 hits. Come home, Sarah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 12 points of... Magical bludgeoning damage. Mm-hmm. You rush forward with your shillelagh branded after bark skinning for yourself, encasing yourself in this wood-like armor around your body, and you strike with your quarter staff. It obviously makes contact as though there's an external, almost like carapace. Oh wait, I'm sorry. What? Bark skin's in action. To cast? Yeah. I don't what know what I was shame. thinking there. You encase yourself in oh, beautiful no, wood-like armor. One. Yeah. 
You may still, if you would like to wild shape, because you are a moon druid, you may wild shape as a bonus action. I will do that. Mm -hmm. I am now. Are you still moving? Yeah. Okay. As a bear. As a bear. You cover yourself in barky wood skin and transform into a white brown bear. Correct. (laughs) Very good. Unfortunately, sir, your turn. Consumed by the stun. At the end of your turn, the stun concludes. Same for you. Yep. You watch those in the area see Yalumlo and Nesgrim after a moment just kind of shake and again begin to look around the room, reacquainting themselves with the present moment, the voices fading from their ears. And Dom, we will return to you. Okay. Um... So I can, you said that this thing is in front of me, facing me, mm-hmm. and I don't see any sort of, of weapon of any kind. Not since, remotely. Since I didn't okay. attack uh, your guiding bolt is gone now. expires. Yeah. Oh, it was until it? the end of this round. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were the last person that could attack anyways, because DJ and I were stunned. Yeah. Go um, ahead, Mr. Ethier. We'll, we'll try it again. I'll try to guiding bolt again. Go right ahead. Roll your burnout. Roll your attack. Burnout's a three. Mm-hmm. Attack is a uh, twenty with bonus, not dirty mm-hmm. twenty. Yeah. It hits though. All right. Uh, Sixteen points. It's a good roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to use my bonus action to attack with my spiritual weapon. Okay. Your first hand once more stretches out, emitting another shockwave, this one pulsing upwards into the chest, bathing the face and shadowy chin in light. You don't see anything that looks akin to Adrian's visage. You see these hollow, sunken eyes where a black, vacuous space exists sinking inwards you see what looks like the lines where a face would be in terms of the shadowy outlines of a nose and lips you see no emotion void just nothing Mm -hmm. what is your attack for your spiritual weapon uh it's a 17 on the roll 17 hits Uh, 12 points. 12 force damage. Uh, that's my turn. Uh, so your raven rushes forward, stabbing deeply into the side of this thing with its beak. You see f- this shadowy flame begin to stem out from it, swirling around it dispersing almost like a mist in the area like a horrifying shadow that slides out from it you can discern that this means that it is bloodied okay you watch in 
horror as this shadow slides out, leaking from its side, and suddenly is pulled towards Ratora. Oh no. Towards the palm, even as a bear. That circle exists in your form. Her bare hands. In your bare hands. <laughs> and you watch this shadow contact the brand in your palm. And you did 12 force damage to me? Correct. You take 6 psychic damage as this oh. resonates into your claw shaking your bare hand violently. Uh, oh no. There is my bark skin. That's not good. As far as combat goes, this is probably the best person that could have happened to. Yeah, the hit point fodder. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Whew. Mm -hmm. no, still not good, but... Uh -uh. It, it won't be good for long. Uh -uh. And then it comes to me as we conclude your turn. I roll to recharge. Well, friend, you're in front of me. And as I look at this damage, a lot of it has been you. Yep. And I'm not a fan of you. An 18 to hit. 18 hits. You watch as this shadow, as it returns after pulsating against, almost like a beam, it shuns back towards this shape, sliding up its body once more, and it lurches out from its form, these two long, extending arms, and one grasps towards your throat pulling at you and an 18 hits mm -hmm. you take 19 psychic damage that is exactly my points I am down and you watch as this thing recoils almost in pain at first and then quickly reaches out at Ethier, shadows tendriling around his throat, and it squeezes. And you watch as Ethier's eyes just shake, and he closes his eyes and goes limp in this thing's ethereal hands. And then it pulls back, and you fall to your knees, and then face first to the ground, landing adjacent to your bracer. And that is my turn. Paul, welcome home. <sighs> Combat's always fun. Yes, it is, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I am going to cast Grasp, which costs three side points. I'll roll my burnout die first. Mm -hmm. Five. Not burning. You are safe. Okay. So I attempt to grab the, the, the creature, and it has to um, succeed a strength saving throw to not be grappled. Okay. And this is a concentration spell for one minute. Question, yes. John. It seems like this creature is somehow connected to Ratora. Correct. And he's about to make a strength save? 
Correct. Do with that what you will. I fail the strength saving throw. Your hand, well, your psychic ability, how far does it pull this thing? Uh, it doesn't pull it anywhere. I just grapple oh, it. Oh, you grapple it. Okay. Yep. Now, you grapple this thing in terms of you watch as it kind of shakes violently against your psychic grasp, and you can see that it shudders and moves. Sarah, make a strength saving throw. As a bear. Oh, I'm a bear. Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine. Uh-huh. 21. That, that's been uh, your... Is it saves and abilities? I thought it was just abilities. I thought it was saves, but I'll double check. Wait. No. Someone casted a spell on you. Okay, it's ability checks. Thank God. I thought so. That's why I wanted to. I wanted to make sure <laughs> you rolled a twenty-one. Yeah. You succeed. You are not grappled. You feel this pulling sensation in your hand almost stem towards your other arm as, a, as though as you bear. attempt to brace yourself and hold yourself tight but you pull your arm back and resist this urge you're branded Sarah welcome home <laughs> <laughs> anything else on your turn Paul yes on my bonus action I would like to shout to the rest of the party uh, I, I've got a hold of it Some, somebody stab it very good. Somebody stab it. Maybe you don't stab it. Maybe we don't stab it. <laughs> Can't say that. You're a bear. You're a bear. <laughs> no one knows, Sarah. <laughs> and it's your turn, sister. <laughs> that wasn't a sassy oh. sister either. John. No. Yes, Paul. John, just so you know, the, the you know you know how grapples work, right? So the yep. grapple target can uh, use a uh, athletic or um, mm-hmm. dex. Uh, check to try and break it. Mm-hmm. Yep, my movement is restricted. I'm going to multi-attack. You may indeed <laughs> multi us both. I have more hit points than this thing does. Are you sure? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm bluffing. Be nice. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like definitely does. I probably do though. I'm a bear. Uh-huh. I did a lot of damage, Sarah. And it's not uh, even your final form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the bite probably is going to miss, if I had to guess. Because that's, that's an eight. An eight will not hit. Wait, it's, it's grapple. That doesn't give me anything, right? No. Restricts its movement. Gotcha. So now I'm going for the claw attack. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a 19. A 19 will hit. hit. Roll your damage, Sarah. Uh, that is going to be 15 points of slashing damage. Now, you are still not at a level at which your attacks in this form count as magical damage. Where? I don't, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Slashing. Your claw. Straight. Are you attack? Are you attacking with the branded claw, or are you attacking with the non-branded claw? 
It's the branded one. She, well, she multi-attacked. So she probably... Bite. She bites. Okay, yeah. so it's dominant it's hand, too. presumably. Mm-hmm. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> uh-huh. And you swipe into this creature. And I... Touch it with You the, do yeah, indeed. Yeah, I do. Make a strength saving throw. Okay, as a bear? Uh-huh. You can have advantage because I'm currently grappled. I'm not actually grappling against you, but I will justify that it is moderately restricted in terms of shaping itself. Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. So you watch as you strike into this thing and Felix is holding it. You see the shadow begin to pulse and slide out around your arm. You feel an intense gripping sensation over your hand, stretching down your forearm and the interior of your wrist, and you feel it rake back up your arm as it recedes back into itself. We both take seven slashing damage. Anything else on your turn? Free action, free action, I would like to roar. Right in really, its thing. And, yeah, oh, really. Yeah. yeah. And I'm assuming there's no way for me to get between... Can I stand over Ether? Can I protect... Yeah. You may stand over yeah. Ether. I'll say your spiritual weapon's gone because you're unconscious. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Torah protect. 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 Yes. Uh-huh. You'll be protecting me soon. <laughs> Your turn, Lawrence. <laughs> uh, I will uh, apply Kabizi uh, Fola to okay. this shadow creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will move in and attempt to hit it with the sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, two flanking, so plus two to the attack roll. Um, it's, give me a second. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ethier. You unconscious hear that voice in your head. Is it Adrian's or is it some warped? It sounds akin to Adrian's. Okay. But deeper and a little bit more overtly malicious is what I'll say. You feel yourself in a dark space and you hear that voice. I believe it's a 13. 13 hits. 13 does hit, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to ask the question. It is connected to Retora. Mm-hmm. Does it also do that thing? Or does it do that thing only to... Let me think. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry. It's no, okay. Fine. It's okay. This is fine. Uh, could be Sufolo, right? Uh, not that, but that too. The other one is... You're following what I'm saying? Um, Ikali Kisa, correct? Uh, yeah. Language time. <laughs> <laughs> so 
the uh, general mood? How's everybody feeling? Good? Yeah? Scared. Unconscious. Bear. <laughs> bear. Also She's getting, barely hanging on. Also getting beat up by everything mm-hmm. right now, including my own my own party members. You, you look fine, though, right? I mean, yeah, I'm a bear, though. Uh, <laughs> okay, so for Kubisufolo, I would say that the the bonus would be applied to it that will still transfer because that is incorporated mm-hmm. into that. And then, How about in reverse? If you her to him, like, do you mean strike? Because she's currently under a different effect. Mm-hmm. If they're linked, is it also going to? Yeah, I gotta look at the catch some of that. Yeah, business. Oh no, it's gonna catch some hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don's about to catch these hands. I'm conscious. What do you mean? I'm gonna slap you with my green fish hands. Also, I really like the green shirt, green hat combo, Paul, that we had that we yes, saw earlier. Yeah. It's really nice. I'm slowly wearing more green every week. All right. Well, I wanted I wanted to make sure that the language was to the target trigger because it's post trigger that it transfers. Gotcha. Okay, so it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it is going to be a fifteen damage. Okay. Four of that is necrotic. Um, so 11 slashing, correct? Right. Yeah, and related four. related directly to uh, Ikor and Belilo. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So, mm-hmm. your... She's one job. Your, <laughs> your blade sings into this creature... And again, invokes evokes a pale blue light as it illuminates. You see the brands at the base of your blade, just above the the pommel, begin to glow with the pale blue light. As they do, and you strike this form, shadow wreaths down, and you see this thing for the first time spread with a great grin. You see the influence of your magic attempt to burst into this creature and the shadow just wriggles and disperses it. Immune to necrotic. You take five slashing damage. (laughs) Since it's immune, I discount so halving, I will say that it does not actually take it. Mm. So the transference will not apply the necrotic that, that would, would have been, been the dealt. worst. That's where you were going, correct? <laughs> mm-hmm. In terms of, yes. I wanted to make sure that I mm-hmm. clarify that yeah. properly. You take five slashing as again, this shadow wriggles, dispersing the pale blue energy evoked from his sword. Do slashes appear on my form then? Or is, am I it's just... this... And if you want to look at it, I mean, I would say that as you feel this mm-hmm. sensation in your hand, it's not going to cost you any of your action yeah. economy. That would be very unfair of me to do mm-hmm. to you. You instinctively look out of your peripheral at your hand. Your hand is shaking violently, and you can see cracks beginning to form outside of this. Again, akin to how I described the splat shape traditionally. My little bear paw. <laughs> 
in your bare pole, cracks splintering and fragmenting out from your hand towards the edges of your palm. And that is what hurts. And that is why it is psychic damage. So you're not taking... Oh, so that wasn't slashing damage. That was... Sorry, yes. Okay. I, I, I did not mean to say slashing. I meant to say psychic. Okay. Thank you. So I was wondering how that like physical yeah it's it's being a psychic manifestation because you are just in sheer pain from correct you are linked in that regard. Uh, do you have anything else on your turn lines? Um, no, that was bonus action and action. Okay. EJ, come on down. I'm. I can still reach Ethier, right? Although Sarah's over him protecting him, I would still be able to grab him. I would say that you would need to go prone to be able to reach him because he is unconscious on the ground. Going prone does not cost any movement. Leaving prone costs half. Half. So it would cost 15 feet because it's half of your total, not half of your remaining. Come on over, Mr. Nesgrim. 25, I get 30, so I don't have enough if I go prone to get back up. No, you don't. Mm. Your movement's 30. Mm-hmm. Double protect. Alright, I'm gonna move over to Ether. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna cast uh, Shield of Faith as a bonus action. Okay. Uh, Targeting Ether? Yes. Okay. It's an 11 on my burnout die. You're safe. Uh, and then I'm also going to restore 15 hit points with Lay on Hands as my action. Very good. You kneel down adjacent to your good friend Ethier, extending one hand at first, encasing him in this thin white and black light extending over his body, and your other hand reaches out after you conclude your casting, places it on his shoulder, and you exude the holy energy inside of you to restore Mr. Ethier to 15 hit points. And you watch as Ethier shakes slightly underneath your grasp. You also have a plus two to your AC. Oh, thank you. From Shield of Faith. And that is your turn? That would be my whole turn, yep. Top of the turn order, Dom. Alright, I'm trying to find my dying rules. Isn't it on you the... You have wounded uh, one. That's what it is. Isn't it on the website? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it is. No, it's not. Oh. It is not. Okay. Yeah, we go to the bathroom. Um, I'm gonna have to, like, roll to the side out from under Retora mm-hmm. and, uh, stand... Mm-hmm. Which will take half my movement. Mm-hmm. I was not privy to any of this stuff happening to Retora, so. Mm-hmm. Because of psychic damage, I don't think any of us really are, right? Correct. Yeah. You're like, just there's not like physical wounds. No, it's all you see is a shadow extend out towards her. I mean. I think there's a modest sense of justification in that you see the shadow does indeed extend out towards her body, and that I would say you arguably do wince in pain. So Look at my bear. 
Yeah, I mean, that element yeah. of it in the midst and flurry and chaos of combat, I don't know whether or not anybody yeah. would be able to distinctly see that that is occurring to Maybe you. Maybe not see that, but see me at least, like, look at it. Hmm? Um, does anyone visibly look wounded to me from where I'm standing? How's the bear looking? I feel like the bear's probably looking not great. Um, I am, let's see, 30, yeah, I'm exactly bloodied as the bear. Mm-hmm. So, so you're visibly kind of... Yeah, she looks injured. Though most of it's been psychic damage, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, you're still definitively yeah. looking beleaguered and okay. in pain. Uh, I'm going to use my action to cast Cure Wounds targeting Retora. Sure. Roll your burnout die. What level are you casting it at? Uh, level one. Okay. Yeah, roll your burnout die. Seven. Okay. Good. You are safe from burning out. Alright. Roll my... Uh, you gain 11 points back. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to use my bonus action to... Bring it back. No, I was going to do something else, but I'm not sure. Are you still prone? No, no he's standing. Up. Um, I don't have a reason to do that. And we established he is bloody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll use my bonus action, spiritual weapon. Okay. Bring it back. Roll I was going to do something else, but I... Ether does not logically have a reason to do that, so I'm not going to do it. 11, so I'm good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is my turn. You make an attack with it oh, when you yeah. cast it, though. Uh, 16. 16 hits. That is uh, 11 points. 11 force damage? Yep. Am I taking half of that? <laughs> yes, you are, Sarah. You once more... Rounded down? Yes, five. You once more, after you bathe Ratora in a pulsating green energy, you see her shake almost like a comfort overwhelms her, and your other hand stretches out as you look back towards this shape of this figure, and you see it grinning with its wide, dark, almost empty-looking lips, but they still feel as though they spread wide. You summon a raven once more, and it bursts from your hands, and you watch its claws sink into its chest, and adjacent to you, you see Ratora wince as your talons from this raven sink and rip at this shadow, pulling some of the pieces away from it, and your raven lands next to you. And that is your turn. That is my turn. Roll again to try to recharge. (sighs) Oh, close. Okay.
Don, Sarah, mm -hmm. and DJ. Make wisdom saving throws, please. 21. Uh, 16. 22, I'm fairly certain. It's a 17 on the die. Uh, yeah, 22. You watch as this shadow kind of leaks out in all directions from it, as though it's forming additional hands that stretch out from its body in areas in which hands don't extend, and they extend towards each of you, attempting to grab at your dominant hands, and each of you in turn recognize that it is attempting to do something towards you. You watch as it attempts to bond towards your palm, and you rip your claw away, and each of you succeed on the saving throw. Nice. Good. That will conclude my turn. Okay. Felix next, right? Paul, you're up. Perfect. All right, I will use my bonus action to switch my psychic uh, focus to psychic assault. So mm -hmm. whenever I, um, I gain plus two uh, damage on my rolls with psionic abilities mm -hmm. and talents, they deal mm -hmm. psychic damage. And then I will cast Mind Thrust. Yep. Roll your damage, buddy. Is that the immediate one, or is that the other one? Yeah, it's the... Immediate. Yeah, the immediate. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Oh, so that is a one plus two, the iconic three damage. <laughs> uh, Classic. The psychic damage. Sorry, you take one psychic damage. That's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one didn't even hurt that much. Yeah, right? You concentrate your energy as you re-exert control over your mind, switching your psionic discipline, and ready yourself and once more focus on this creature. And it gives a slight shake of its head as though jerking to the side abruptly. Anything else on your turn, Paul? Uh, no, that concludes my turn. To you, Sarah. I'm going to once again multi-attack uh-huh what i know nothing sarah i'm gonna it's fine did it it did damage last time just not it was like halved right mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah i'm going to first bite attack that's not gonna hit that's not gonna do it that's a seven uh how many people are flanking right now oh you're right uh three three, three. So it's five, so twelve. Twelve does not hit, sorry. Okay. Tried. And then the claw attack. Let's switch it up and do it. Yeah, you recognize <laughs> that this one did something, mm -hmm. and you're going to strike with your non-dominant yeah. hand. Plus five from flanking, too. Yeah, so 18. 18 will hit. Please. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> What? What? <laughs> what? Take it! Oh, 11 points of slashing. Okay. We each take five. And you feel again as your non-dominant hand this time swipes upward, raking along the stomach and chest of this thing. And you feel your hand shake aggressively. You watch as these shadows begins to burst and almost dissipate like bubbles mm -hmm. popping around you. Does this thing have has it has physical form, right? Correct. 
And you see, as you rake through the chest, bits of flesh fall from the lower portions onto the ground here around the brazier once more. You see these puddles begin to pile in areas around it, as though not forming anything. They look sporadic, as though just chaotically stripped away from this thing, as though flayed and falling to the ground. Once again, roar. (laughs) And you roar in its face, and you feel as you roar something sliding through your body as though a chill rising from your stomach, lurching through your chest, and then you feel it in your throat, and you go to roar, and instead of roaring, you begin to emanate out this mystery fear! (laughs) I hate that. That's the worst thing you've ever done, John. I don't like that So that definitively comes from Ritora. Yes. Okay. Have you ever uh. seen a bear look shocked? Because that's what you see now. <laughs> Just like. Uh huh. And that concludes your turn. You're up, Lawrence. Okay. Uh, I just want to do a thing. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast. Uh, Understood. Ufa Witha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to drop concentration on the other thing. Correct. Uh, and then I'm going to attack mm-hmm. a boy. Correct. Uh, what was the bonus for... Flanking right now currently is plus five. Okay. I'm pretty sure I can't miss. Yeah, unless you not one realistically, I would imagine. Yeah, um, and I didn't. Um, I... Definitely hit, and it isn't a crit, okay. and that's what you need. I rolled a fifteen on the die, and You're fine. I yeah, you normally have a plus seven. Mm-hmm. You got it. <laughs> um, so, that. oh, this is going to get so fun, Sarah. Yes. I know this is going to be more of a uh, concern than a comfort, but I have a plan. <laughs> That is concerning. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if you're looking at me or Vittora. Yes. That is, John, 11 slashing <laughs> okay. and 10 radiant. 10 radiant? 21. So Radiant's good. 21 total. Mm-hmm. Now That's you, 10 for me. non-dominant gloved hand, extend out. I'll do your heffing in one second. Mm-hmm. Your non-dominant glove hand extends out towards this thing, and you twist and pull, and you see this illumination kind of shine out in a branding that looks akin to the ones on Yalumlo's blade, and Yalumlo thrusts his sword towards this branding, striking it in the portion below where you would assume the ribs would be, almost into like its belly. And based on positioning, I would say Ethier and Ritora, you would both see the tip of this pale blue longsword slice through, coming out the other side of this thing. Technically, I guess you, with how you're, you're the one with the, the shield, correct, yeah, that Lawrence? Guy. That's okay. So you would actually be striking through the back. 
So you two would see the tip emerge through the stomach, bursting through. And this pale blue sword shines against this shadowy figure. And you see this thing almost lurch upwards as though the torso extends growing above it and its arms elevate around it and shadows begin to leak down from the elbows as though it grows incredibly loose becoming almost shapeless and these shadows stretch down and begin to spread outward around all of you are they not still within my grasp? This? It's it's the form itself is beginning to break. It's I'm not moving. Okay. So like you're grappling it, but it's not moving out of your you're preventing it from moving away. So it's able okay. to still manifest form because it's in So it's like the form is breaking through, I guess, the psionic energy that I have around it is just kind of wisping out. Correct. Yeah. I'm theoretically immune to being grappled because I'm incorporeal. I'm justifying it for you because psychically I think there's a difference in physical grappling and what you're attempting to do. So I still want to okay. give you the benefit for being who you are, but still narratively ensure that this is happening. Uh, oh, boy. So, the four of you who are within ten feet of me, please make wisdom saving throws. Oh no. Sixteen. Sixteen. Twenty-one. Twenty-four. Nine. Nine. Did I take damage from that last one? Yes, you did. So it was 21 total, so it was 10 psychic damage coming to you. Okay. And then whatever. And these shadows wreathe out and once more attempt to encompass you. Instead of this time your hand, they attempt to encase around your face, entering into your eyes and nose and ears. Too soon, John. And you watch these shadows strike over the face of this bear around you, seeping into its ears. Sarah, you take 11 psychic damage. I am no longer a bear. Does any damage splash over to Ritora? Mm -hmm. How much damage splashes over to Ritora? Uh, it was, I believe, Three. Three, okay. Two or it three. Matters that you're not bloodied to me. <laughs> I mean Are you bloodied? No. Not okay. yet. Okay. <laughs> not yet. I didn't think so. I'm trying to running math many things. I didn't think you would be. I had taken damage prior to becoming a bear, yes. so. Mm-hmm. You all around this area see this shadow encasing Ritora's face, obscuring her sight. Sarah, you are blinded. Anything else on your turn, Lawrence? No. We go to you, DJ. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna channel divinity, turn the unholy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a wisdom save. Okay. 
What does that do? I would have to turn and flee. I'm a wisdom caster. 16 plus... Yeah, that's... 6. Or 16 plus 4, forgive me. Yeah, 16 succeeds. Yeah, and I don't think him being grappled is gonna... Make mm-hmm. a, it would make not affect you brandishing your holy symbol, attempting to overwhelm his mental fortitude. Alright, that's my action. Yes, um, it is. Bonus action, I'm going to continue to concentrate on... You don't need to. It continues no matter what. You don't need to continue to exert your bonus action. Gotcha. Then, bonus action... I don't know if I have anything <clears throat> actually helpful as a bonus action. The things that you would cast would realistically take your concentration if you had smites and wanted to cast a smite on it. Yeah. That would conclude your shield of faith. Alright. Yeah, then I'll um I'll forego my bonus action then. Cause I don't I don't think I have one that is usable. Do you, Don? Well I do, but I'm not gonna use it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> as it comes to you for your turn you hear the same squawking not emanating from your spiritual weapon you hear it almost as though it's somewhere in this room you can't decipher a location it feels as though it echoes around you it's kind of everywhere yeah, as though it's a pervasive thing. Okay. And you hear once more this voice kind of shrill softly in your ears. Take him, Ethier. Deliver him. Um... I'm going to crouch down and grab the skull and attempt to descend back into my vision. Or, or something... I will say, if you want to utilize your item interaction to hurriedly disperse, because the herbs, I would say, have been burned okay. and removed. Okay. If you wanted to do your other... That does not require itemization for you. Okay. I would say either ritual would consume your action. But I will say if you want to attempt to do the one again, item interactions to utilize herbs or your different uh, one. The other one. So you want to attempt to go to the river to banish or offer him mercy? Yes. Okay. You kneel down before this shadowy figure. And you watch all of you as Ethier stretches his hand. Oh, sorry, real quick. Before, uh, no, that's an action you said? Yes. Um, okay, um, before that happens, I'm going to bonus action and cast Sanctuary on Retora. Okay. Don't forget your spiritual weapon, too. Yeah, I'm not worried about that at this moment. Is Sanctuary a concentration spell? Uh, no. I don't believe so. Mm-mm. No, it's not. No. Okay. I was just looking at it. No. Roll your burnout die. Eleven. Okay. You and wrap yeah, the Torah in a white and black light that kind of weaves, parsing itself through, like almost segmented. It almost looks like 
You know, not obviously serpentine where it would be definitively mm-hmm. segmented, but it looks as though gradient of black, white, and gray light bathes around Vertora. You kneel down and you touch the skull in the brazier. And as I reach for it, I'm going to just look at Retora and say, I'm sorry. And then grab the skull. So am I. <laughs> Welcome home, Mr. Ether. And you feel your fingers wrap around this skull. And you close your eyes. And you find yourself standing here. Adrian, before you, once again in his dark leather pants and black boots, without his gray cloak or his shirt, standing here, looking up and around him in the area around you. You see bits of flesh at his feet. You see blood pouring over his waistline. You see the areas in which pieces are missing from his chest and sternum, cascading blood like a waterfall over his body. Brother! Adrian? Yes, brother. What is it you want? What do I want? I want our master to finally rise again and claim this city as its own. I have seen you as a child. I do not think you were always like this. No, Mr. Ethier. I was once ignorant and blind to my master's glory. And then he showed me. See him just kind of grinning. As he grins, you see his lips part, and you watch as his, like, canine tooth just trickles down, falling and touching his bottom lip, and then falls to the ground in front of him. This clay is no prison, mystery fear. It is a vessel. And he extends his hand, and you see his fingers fall. His ring finger descends to the ground. You see these bony attachments as the flesh falls off. And another finger. We can be more! I forgive you for what you have become. Your forgiveness, Mr. Ethier. And he takes his bony fingernails, like the tips, and he pulls at one of the areas of his skin, and you watch as he just rakes and rips more of it from himself. And his shaking claw extends out towards you, flayed flesh in hand. 
Nothing matters, Mr. Ethier. Not your river. You don't even know. And he turns it over. And as it descends down from his palm, you once more hear a crow cawing. A ra- uh, excuse me, a raven squawking in the distance. And Adrian looks over in a rage. This is not yours! As he looks, I'm going to shove him into the river. Mm-hmm. You lunge forward and push Adrian. And you feel your hands soil almost immediately with the sticky, fresh blood on his chest. And your raven squawks and flutters its wings and momentarily recoils as Adrian lurches towards it and you push him backwards and you watch as he slips, falling backwards, descending, and you see his body hit this river. You see his blood begin to stain outwards and you watch as these ethereal hands from below the surface of the water These ghoulish white faces stem out, surfacing, and begin to grip around Adrian's body as it splashes in here. Yes, master. And you see him begin to spin in the water as these hands begin to strip what is left of him away. It is done. And your vision begins to conclude. You all still sitting here see this shape begin to convulse. Sarah, make a wisdom saving throw. Is this the most important wisdom saving throw I've ever made here? It may well be. Natural 20. (laughs) You watch as this skull, as you open your eyes, cracks as you have gripped it tightly. Your fingers, like your pinky and your thumb, almost convulsively pulled through the orbital sockets and you grip tighter than you might have thought you were, and you watch as this shape begins to recoil and slide asunder, as though sinking backwards, the shadows around Ratura's face pull tightly, and your face lurches towards the brazier, and you pull your head back, and you grip with your claws at this ethereal this, form. These are just my hands. Oh, sorry, forgive me, you're Rhetor again. Yes. You grip once more, and you thrust this ethereal shape away from you. You feel the pull of the branded hand go towards the brazier, and you stop and look as it shakes. And this form disperses as the skull cracks in your hand, and the smoke fades, and the black shadow is gone. Does my hand look 
the brand is there. The, but it's not like cracked out or anything. It is anymore. not cracked out. I'm gonna take the remaining fragments of the skull that I've cracked and begin smashing them with. I'm assuming I have like a little mortar and pestle type thing. Yeah. I'm gonna take it out and just smash it. You all watch as Rotorus, standing here adjacent to Ethier, stares transfixed at this marking in her hand. Ethier rummages through his bag in a haste, pulls out this densely granite-looking mortar and begins to or pestle and begins to no it is the mortar that's the fucking jabby thing (laughs) one is the stick the other is the bowl yes and begins to crush this skull almost into like a bone dust John yes Paul would you permit me a history roll on what the hell that thing was absolutely it's an 18 plus 5 23 23 you are aware that there are creatures of an undead nature that are able to manifest in the same way that you're able to manifest a psychic presence. They're capable of manifesting an ethereal, spiritual presence in this world. As though their will is strong enough to temporarily bridge itself from whatever afterlife may be to here, and that they are consumed in this form manifested by a passion for something. Okay. Oh crap, is that a witch? I'm going to go back and rewatch that and translate that into Morse code. (laughs) And you're all here. Um, what, what, what the fuck? I'm not answering, not looking up. I'm just continuing to smash this skull until... What did you do? I'm not answering. Just silently grinding, angrily almost. Um... Not angrily, like... Composed still? Just like... Like, just zoned out. Okay. Like, this is I something that I have to finish That's the most first. important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. As um, if you are not here. Mm-hmm. Rator, are, are you okay? I, I... I think so. This... Why was I connected to it? Connected? All, all the pain it felt. I also... What was, what was that? I, I don't know. Green man. (laughs) Do you know what that was? Some sort of un- undead spiritual being? I would say you would not know the specific name for what this phantasm may be called. Things like this are almost not necessarily lost to lore or history, but more effectively theorized about 
and something that I would say your father's studies and teachings to you have hinted at this as a possibility and not something that distinctly has really manifested in a way that can be studied. So it's it's more like something that like maybe it's a, hey, this could possibly happen, but Absolutely. nobody's seen it. Correct. And would I have any sort of inclination of like it crossing over from anywhere else, it just being from another big plane, anything like that? In, in terms of where it might be from, you because of the way the afterlife is skewed in terms of ambiguous and knowledge being remarkably limited and again effectively theoretical in nature you would assume it comes from either a place of potential damnation should such location exist or a liminal threshold between life and death Uh, I've I've never heard of anything like this happening, but but it's possible. Uh, it clearly happened right in front of us. What do you? I, I'm still not too sure. I'm gonna just put my hand out to mm-hmm. to Felix. What about this? Oh. What would you call this? I'll once again look at the strange marking on Retorta's hand. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, poke it? <laughs> it's a hole in I my hand. I don't think that was the right answer. <laughs> okay. She exposes her palm to you. It once yep. more looks again like a black, vacuous, empty space. I've described it as a void. It doesn't feel like a tattoo. It still feels like her hand is present. So, like, when I say it doesn't feel like a tattoo, it's so homogenous in the fact that, like, you can't see the wrinkles of the skin beneath it. It looks as though it has fully replaced the skin that is present. However, there's not, like, a depth to it. This isn't something like you you poke and you definitively make... It's just, like, absence of what? Absolutely. And so when I place my finger on it to poke it, does any of my finger or skin disappear as if I can't see part of my finger? No, there is no transference and there is no penetration, for lack of a no, better like, word. Okay, okay, but it's not like clouding my hand and my finger or anything. No, it does not. Should I... <laughs> I guess I'll do a history roll on it? Uh, in terms of what this might be, uh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, it is a curse. Like, it's definitively, you're cursed. I can tell you that's pretty outright. <laughs> but yes, you may make a history check in terms of what combination of origin of the curse and direction of it. Oh. Okay, so as I'm poking it, I'll say, uh, it, it, it's, it's, I'll just start to laugh to myself, kind of how I laughed at Nezra. It, it's for sure some sort of curse. Mm-hmm. History. I'm going to also, I guess, ritual cast uh, Detect Magic while we're... Uh huh. Yeah, I think that's probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. That's the thing I can do. So, Paul, what's your history roll? My uh, history roll is a twelve. Twelve. So I would say that because you at the back of the party would have witnessed, because of your positioning, you would have been able to see 
the shadow extend out from this thing, specifically attempting to connect itself to that, I would say that there is a definitive connection between me describing it bridging itself here and it attempting to bridge itself to this curse. As though your history result is more about the intention of the curse and less about... Like, you're able to pick up on what it's attempting to probably do and right. not so much about historically whether or not you're aware of something like this. You would recognize... Like, it's more, I guess, a, a, a flat intelligence check as opposed to history, but I would still say that that is on the same trajectory for what you would be able to decipher. Okay. Uh, it, whatever that thing was, it was definitely trying to connect to you. It, uh, it did. As for what this is, it's some sort of... probably receiver. I'm, I mean, it did connect to mm-hmm. me. Every hit that you got on it, that I got on it, was dealt also to me. Mm-hmm. As I it's... finish crushing this, I'm going to dump it into a vial. Uh, I mean, I don't think you would be able to get all of the cranial dust, like all the bone dust, but I mean, yeah, it... I'll say that because you exclusively want the dust of his skull. Correct. Correct? You don't yes. care about any of the herb or remnants? No. Yeah, there's plenty I mean, it's of also, there's miles around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would gonna, say that, like, yeah. you one. just recognize that you need a larger apparatus to be able to store this. Correct. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll say that there's something adjacent to you on the ground. You hastily grab it, and you begin to pour as you remove the stems and other burnt fragments of your herbs. You begin to pour the bone dust into this. And I'm going to start grabbing and, and haphazardly emptying other large vials that I can see around the room that have not yet been touched. Are you emptying containers that have herbs and other things like that in it, or are you going to the wall with the curtain that housed the decrepit dead creatures that are suspended in liquids? Not that. It would just be herbs and things. Okay. Anything that I, I can recognize, not something I don't. So you're dumping things that you do know? Yes. And you're emptying them onto what, the ground? Yeah, I'm just taking the vials. Okay. So I will say that... I'm going to look at his shop list. <laughs> um, about yes. how long since we came into his store? In totality, uh, 30-ish minutes. Okay. And as I dump uh. this uh, skull dust into the one vial that I picked up, I just mutter to myself quietly... Wander no longer. Mm-hmm. Ether, make sure to get the herbs. Yes. Mm-hmm. As I continue to poke at Retora's palm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's definitively something that is identifiable to you as a curse, though, because of its manifestation from what it is and its presence as almost a branding on her, establishing a bond. Uh, uh, Tora? Yes. If this was only connected to that thing, or Adrian, it, it would be gone, because it's dead. Retora? Hello, Nesgrim. 
I'm gonna go look at her hand. Uh huh. Does you see a black void. Looks same to me as. Yeah, it looks Good. the same to you as it's been described by Felix. Good. What if I try to poke it? You try to poke it. Retora's hand still extended outwards. You place a finger on this. You feel a faint chill rise up your spine, wriggling almost concentrated on the elbow at first, and your hand shakes slightly. You feel the same. Palm chill in your hand. Palm to palm it. And you place your hand over Ritora's hand over this brand. You still feel your body shaking. Okay. Shaking similar to the door when she interacted with the door. In in a same context, yes. It's again, it's more like it's a convulsive nature where it's like what like what like you're not seizing but right. you're definitively feeling like your body is vibrating almost as though somebody's testing your reflexes and you're like shuddering afterwards and you place your palm and you feel this you feel that too are you keeping your hand on her hand Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Let's open my favorite page. Well, what, what are you two doing? What's happening? <laughs> Your favorite page, he says. Mm-hmm. Um, Never let him go to his favorite page. Oh, DJ. <laughs> Too late. N- N- Nesgrim? Yes? W- what's happening? Um. Clearly, we're shaking hands. I'm buffing Rotor's mm-hmm. hand. Oh my god, I need to go. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's what your brain told you to say. That's not what my brain told me to say. I just thought we needed comic relief. <laughs> Something you, a little bit of. You hold her hand and you feel this chill still emanating through you. Make a wisdom saving throw. It's 20, 30, 20. 30, 20. You feel this lurching in your back as your shoulders extend. Oh no. And pull against your body, and your eyes close. And you pause for a moment, and your head twists and shakes very slightly. Can I pull my hand away? And you feel Ratora's hand slide away from yours, and your body shakes and returns to you. Nothing happens. Um, while they're mm-hmm. having their moment, mm-hmm. um, I would have gone over to where Adrian had discarded the coins that he had earlier. Mm-hmm. The silver behind uh, the counter, yes. I would have scooped the coins up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would have gone over and slid the curtain out of the way from in front of the basement the, door. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I am staring at the door as he finishes mm-hmm. doing whatever it is he's doing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to turn to them and say, uh, 
if you're quite done, uh, I do believe there is a circle in this basement, and you did bring back the herbs. Perhaps if we are going to have this one vision, here would be the best place. We would not have to recreate the circle. The circle's gone. Um, the circle in the basement we went to is... And I'm going to open the door. The circle in the regular basement may still be there. Can you open? Is there a door? Mm-hmm. There's a different second basement? And you open the door. Do you remember when we went to go in the basement before? And, I and said you see the same descending yeah. staircase. I'm going to go downstairs. I don't... And you mm-hmm. see Yalum Low at the back of the store begin to descend the stairs. Did I get my yeah, detect magic? Wait. And I'll check face after him, and as I'm running, I will look to Ether. Make, make sure to get the herbs. Yeah, I take whatever I recognize. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm gonna look to Ritora. Ritora, I need you to open the other door. I don't know what's left in there. Close the door and open it with your hand, please. Remember uh, that Yalom Low is inside of the one basement right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll call down to him before. Please get them back. The two back. The two in the basement. It's just Yalom Low. Oh, well, Felix said he's Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you call. Yeah, I'll walk yeah, to the I'm door. I'm calling Yalom Low. I'll walk to the door and call down. Uh, come back up. <laughs> yeah, Return. You see, you see Yalom Low standing at the bottom of the, he- the stairs looking at this next door and shakes his head no. Uh, Ether, he, they're not coming back up. What, Just give us a minute. What do you need to go to the second basement for? Tell them to be swift, please, and I continue to gather vials. Sure. She'll hurry up down the stairs. You're going downstairs as well? And are you going downstairs, Sarah? Did I cast... Didn't... You are... Are you ritual casting or are you straight casting? I wanted to ritual cast... Uh, so, I mean, I, this seems pretty expedited in terms of, like, it's only been about a minute or yeah. two, so while you would be attempting to ritual cast it, everyone else is doing very expedited things, mm-hmm. and I would even say that because of the thing going on with Nesgrim, it would be very Probably, difficult for you yeah. to channel for right, 10 minutes. Alright, I'll just cast. Okay, I'll roll your burnout it. die. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, 12. Okay, you're um, safe. Yeah, so I'll ritual ca- or I'll, uh, cast Detect Magic. You cast Detect Magic. You feel emanating from your palm two sources of magic. Mm-hmm. One, indecipherable to you, as though it does not feel akin to a school of magic uniquely. It feels foreign, distant, and you also feel transmutation. Transmutation. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I would definitively tell you that because of the one school feeling drastically foreign to you, that you would equate this with an ancient magic. Crap. As though something ancient. you've never interacted with and nothing that your parents have has ever crafted, either of them, feels reminiscent of this kind of magic. Alright, so you described the um, the circle mm-hmm. that we saw. I don't know if it's the same. The magic one. circle in the basement? Yeah. Yes. 
which he would know it was the same visualization. I can tell you that as the as the one in the correct. Okay, and you said that um, it points to three different schools, schools of magic. magic. Is one of them transmutation? No, it is not. It was abjuration, evocation, and divination. And again, transmutation is the school of effectively change. Mm-hmm. I'll go down the stairs. Yeah, I guess up. we're all going downstairs then. No, Ethier is not. Right. Oh, right. You're staying upstairs. Um. I'm going to proceed further in, and bef- right before I do, I'm going to turn to Felix. Mm-hmm. And into his mind, I'm going to say, If you must walk with me, so be it. But I need my answers. And I will proceed further in. You open the second door. Okay, uh, and I will respond to him correctly. Yes, thank uh, you. Uh, I will, but first, I would like to sketch... The circle? The symbols. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. I'm actually going to stay up with Ethier. If that happens, you do not have an individual to perform this ritual for Yalimlo. That is, oh, I will tell that's... you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's me. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's a call between one of the fucking two of you, yeah. and I do not make this decision. This is party-wise. I and... didn't ask. I just went downstairs. Correct. Uh, before I go downstairs, mm-hmm. Ethier, what do you need to go to the second basement for? I must dispose of the remains. Okay. Uh, the herbs that we collected, you do not need them? Keep them in your bag. Give them to me later. I believe I will need to use them, or Vitor will need to use them for Yalumlo's vision. Fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do as you wish. Mm-hmm. Do you have... You have the ones you harvested from Adrian. Right. And I told you before that the other herbs, there was sufficient for one cast. Right. That you took. Right. You have them. It, you have everything that you need. It's enough for one one use. Do you have use of these herbs, or no? Do as you wish. As far as I'm concerned, he's giving you permission. If... I don't know... If it's better to use them for Yalumlo's vision or for yours. Because I imagine you would use them at some point in the future for a vision. Would, would you have use of them if we had them? I do not wish to go there again for the time being. I would recommend Ritora not do that, but she is her own person. I... What could happen if she did? I... I... We... Vertora. I do not know. Do you remember... After Adrian's vision he granted us, we watched as more black circles appeared on his body? Yes. All things come with a cost. (laughs) I don't know that the cost of these visions is not whatever was happening to Adrian. You mean whatever's happening to me? Yes. Can you describe the room downstairs to me? Absolutely. 
It is about a 15-foot square room. Uh, again, mahogany wood laid where it's a darker kind of wood, a little bit of, I guess, a red hue to it. Uh, in the front right corner of the room is a writing desk where it is uh, a lower shelf and then a smaller sub uh, section that is elevated on top. That's where he kept his brazier. Uh, that's where he has the candles. Uh, the circle is in the center of the room. Uh, and that is about it. The back walls are mostly empty, as is the opposite side wall. It looks like it is effectively his writing desk and this enormous circle in the center of the room. On the way into the room, mm-hmm. uh, before Felix catches up to me, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to remove my gloves and pick up the brazier and bring it to the circle. Very good. And as I'm stepping to the circle, I'm going to summon the blade as a dagger. Mm-hmm. And after setting down the brazier, I'm going to cut very deep into my hand. Very good. You two finish what you're going to say. I, I, I do not think you should do this. I don't think so either. I don't want to be Revia. That was never... That was not my choice. I don't know if you chose this path. I did not. Okay. Give me the or may, I guess maybe I did choose this path. I think this path might have chosen you. I just extend my hand. Yeah, I pass She's the not herbs. experienced. Give me the herbs. I pass the herbs over to Ether. Okay. If this must be done, I will do it. Why must this be done? We need some answers, and Yalumlo seems to have some connection to Adrian, or something that Adrian found intriguing about him. Adrian found things intriguing about me as well. Um... Does it have to be one of us? Are there no others? The rest of you can make that decision. I will simply do what I am asked. Okay. I'm just going to walk down the stairs. Uh, John, I've had a vision before. I know where I need to be. Yes. Uh, I will be kneeling in that place, dripping my blood into the bridge. Mm-hmm. You manifest. Uh, at this point, I'm assuming I'm already sketching the the circle uh, designs. Would, would yes. you like yes. to tell Paul? Yes. That's what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, as you enter this room, you see Yalum Lo walking his last step towards the center of this circle as you're a little bit preoccupied pulling out your notebook and your quill and you're beginning to sketch these down. As you look at Yalumlo, he sits. Or did you say kneel? I'm kneeling, yeah. He kneels close to the epicenter of this circle, a few feet in front of it, like about a foot and a half in front of it. And you watch as he places this brazier. You would be facing away or would you be facing towards him? Uh, you know how the circle's positioned in the room. Like I said, I know where I was positioned the last time I was there, but I don't know how that relates to the door. Okay. Yeah, I think Adrian's facing to, yeah. towards the door, right? Because yes. I was down here as well. So Correct. I would be facing away. away. So you see Yalumlo's back as he kneels, and he pulls his one hand out to the side, and you see him pull his glove. And the two of you who are not in the basement, goodbye. I'll say that you're on your way down, so you may remain for this, because I don't think it's sensible for me to pull you in in 90 seconds anyway. And and repeat information. Exactly. Feels like a a waste. Sure. 
You watch as Yalumlo pulls his glove off of his one hand. I would assume your non-dominant hand is what you would be removed. I actually removed both. Oh, you removed both? Okay. You so see him first remove one glove, and beneath it are these wrinkled black hands that look as though they are... They should appear stiff, but are dexterous still. Like frostbitten? Correct. Mm. And you see him do this with the other hand. It stops right at the base of the wrist. The stone would still be in that hand. In your hand. You see in his, again, non-dominant, correct? Doesn't Mm -hmm. matter, your call. In his hand is this small turquoise color shapen oddly shapen stone that he is slightly gripping, I would assume. Not like clutching it in your hand, but this small turquoise gem sitting, resting in the center of his palm, shining with a small pale blue illumination. You manifest your dagger. No. Cut the hand that's holding the stone and let the blood run over the stone. Mm-hmm. He holds his hand over the brazier, and you watch as he pulls his other hand out to the side of him and tenses for a moment and manifests this ethereal silver blue curved dagger akin to Adrian's. And Yalumlo holds his hand, loosely maintaining the gem at the tips of his fingers and slices deeply into the black, frostbitten hand. Would you like me to take damage? Uh, sure, you can just do a d4. You can roll that yourself. Into the black palm, and this red liquid still seeps out from this parted skin, staining over this gem, obscuring parts of the pale blue illumination and it drips down into the center of this brazier. I rolled a one, but I said deep, so I'm taking two. That's fine. And Ether, you descend the steps. As I'm sketching, uh, maybe you should have waited? It will be fine. Okay. Finish your sketch. About how long would it take me to sketch this? I would say it's going to take you probably about five to ten minutes because it's moderately intricate. Okay. Because of the symbols, like the shape of the circle itself, as I've described before, looks as though the circular portion is, again, a broken Ouroboros, as though it appears as it's a scaled creature almost. Like, again, I, I'm never going to be able to draw something this intricate, so it looks as though it's a circle where there are portions that are missing definitively. And then the triangle shapes out of it. All eight schools of magic have their symbols represented on the exterior. But at the points of the triangle are uh, divination, evocation, and abjuration. Right. I would love for you to send me this on MS Paint with your shitty drawing. I think (laughs) please don't do this. (laughs) Oh, my God. My bones. Okay. So um, I'm going to ask. Just wait for me to finish and, and we can start. Okay. Do you want to give I'm not going to respond, I'm just... Yeah. You step down, Don. Felix standing here right outside of the doorway, tracing the circle, and you find Yalumlo kneeling in the center of this magic circle. Back to the door. I just walk past Felix silently. Mm-hmm. 
and I look to yell him low. Are you sure this needs to be done? I'm glad that it is you. And not Ritora? I would not let her wander. She is not familiar with it, and I do not know what this will do to me. If I had no other choice, I would accept her aid, but... I trust you with this more. I understand. Felix, when you are finished sketching, we will begin. Okay. Okay. I'm going as fast as I can. Yeah. Kind of like scribbling. Yep. I'll say a few minutes pass as you begin to prepare things, putting the necessary components into the brazier. Halt on lighting it. And I'm just going to close my eyes and look up at the ceiling as he finishes. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't remember definitively if one of them told you that the others in this need a candle. They I think they, 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 they did. They did. They did. They they okay. the I, I, I genuinely, I trust you guys. It's one of those things where yeah, they I, I'm not going to leave that up to me trying to dick you over. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You don't have a candle, you're fucking lost forever. Yeah. Thank. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, they, they I mentioned that. don't remember. I, I don't remember either. Again, it's one of those minute details that happened in a very compact episode. Yeah. I thought they said it, but I'm I'd rather... I'm fairly certain they did, because they also yes. mentioned it as cause of like the fire, too. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. She did say there were candles in yeah. the trailer. Okay. So I will say you guys recall that candles are necessary for the individual that is entering with the people who are not a part of the vision. So if so Felix, Felix comes with, he would need If a you choose Felix to enter into this vision, you require an illuminated candle. Yep, I will grab one, I'm assuming off the wall or, or wherever he On his desk, him. there were the two candlesticks. Yeah, I forgot to describe that yep. earlier when I was doing the writing desk. But you take one. One of you guys, yep. I imagine, illuminate the candle for him. Yeah, I have lighting stuff. I'll okay. light it. And you... Thank you. Mm-hmm, take the other candle and illuminate that. And do you illuminate everything in the brazier? Yeah, once everybody's in position, I light the brazier. Okay. Felix, you step inside of the circle as well. Yep, and I'll kneel down. You kneel next to your good friend, Yalumlo. And you ignite these herbs. And you feel this, again, smoke begin to elevate out as it crackles and embers. You begin to see these faint sparks inside of the flame. Like, you know when you first ignite a flame and the flame can be blue sometimes because of the oxygenation? You see the red outside and that blue interior from the area where Yalumlo's blood begins to spark and sizzle and shake. And the three of you are overwhelmed and wrapped in these wonderful shadowy flames and you begin to descend into darkness Yalumlo your eyes are closed the two of you are standing adjacent to Yalumlo back in the snow laying, I mean literally his back in the snow you can see that in his brow, this fresh crescent-shaped scar almost dented and blunted into his eye bleeding, descending down his cheek 
You see around you the faint snowfall still cascading around. And in the distance, in the trees, because you're in a bit of a clearing, you can see around you these tall trees that you equate with the fellwood. In the distance you hear this ominously terrifying cackle. <laughs> He's finally, finally ours, Auntie. And the two of you direct your gaze to the source of this voice, and around the base of a tree, about six to seven feet in height, up the elevation of this trunk, around it, almost swirling as though encasing itself in snow, you see these long, curled fingertips pulling at the bark of this tree trunk, sap almost gloriously descending down from it as these nails penetrate through this bark, almost in a sense of excitement and elation and satisfaction. You see out from behind this bark a long, pale, crooked, descending nose tip. And this face begins to turn out from behind, and you see a distended, engorged, clear, opaque eye with tears running down it, and this wide, gripping, jagged tooth smile where there are pieces missing, like almost a piece of the lip as though it's been split, almost like a cleft palate. You can see two of the lower teeth are just jagged out and pointed. You watch as this cold chill kind of spreads from the base of this thing's feet, wafting snow as it takes one large hulking step out from behind the tree. It descends with one palm towards a bag on its hip, and it steps once more outside, and you see this thing in its entirety, and it is a hulking, almost eight-foot-tall, enormous woman clad in fresh gray robes that look oddly pristine, as though not fitting her appropriately, but clean. She steps out into the snow and begins to walk towards Yalumlo. And as she removes her extended hand, she pulls from her bag a small, jagged shard of ice. It looks as though it's maybe 10 to 12 inches in length. You can see jagged peaks as though it's been carved and cut. She walks towards the unconscious form of Yalumlo that you and Felix are standing adjacent to. You see no breath emanating out from your friend Yalumlo. His hands sunken below into the snow, his feet turned out splayed to the side, and this figure walks towards your friend. 
this cracked shard of glacial clear ice over his body and it turns its palm and sinks its fingers into the ice and you see these shards of small fragments begin to cascade over Yalumlo's chest and a pale blue light emanates out from it mm-hmm. Speak to me, spirit. Let the boy breathe again. And you see this pale light descending from this shard of ice. And as she cracks it almost like an egg, you see this turquoise gem split from inside of the ice and land precariously on Yalumlo's chest on his sternum directly over the area maybe a few inches away from his heart and you watch this figure kneel down and extend its palms and gather snow around the side of Yalumlo almost in a burial over his hands and she effectively mounts him and grips his hands and pulls them up to her cheeks. Yalumlo, a beautiful name. And Yalumlo, you hear in your vision the voice of Kubala ringing out inside of your head. No longer are you divided, child. I will make you whole. And the two of you watch as this figure stands over Yalumlo and takes a step away from him and from her back pulls her hand out once more. And you don't see what is in her palm. She holds it tightly and places her closed fist over Yalumlo, over his right hand. And you see she opens her hand, and as she removes it, you see this desecrated black earth in his palm. And Yalumlo, eyes closed, squeezes squeezes against this earth and you watch as maggots wriggle out around his fingers and Yalumlo begins to shake the snow around him begins to separate from the wind surrounding this tall figure and you see again below him more of this desecrated soil begin to part out from the areas in which his palm was staining the soil before you This figure takes a step back and sees Yalumlo's long sword on the ground, a few feet fallen from him, as though he had taken it out to protect himself against whatever looming threat might have been terrifying his logging crew. 
she takes a few steps over towards this long sword and reaches down her long arm and pulls it up towards her and smiles at this blade. <laughs> a fresh miracle for the boy. Of course, a gift, a gift. Deserving gift. And you see she, you're, you're again seeing her from behind. You see as she stretches her arms out and you watch as it looks as though her arm descends downward with this sword and she just pauses. My lady. Change him. And you watch as she brandishes this sword and you see this spurt of blood shoot out from the side of her. And you see her other hand begin to stretch outwards. And you see blood staining down from her slit palm over the soil, over the snow where she stands. And you see the blade shine with a glorious pale blue light. And these symbols burn into it, branding it. And she turns back towards the figure of Yalumlo, who begins to shake and stir in the ground. And she tosses the sword in his direction. Wield us. Well, my child. And you watch as this figure crunches through the snow back towards the tree line. You're brilliant. Yes, you are. You will shine amidst all this darkness, child. We'll be seeing you quite soon. And she disappears into the forest. And you watch as Yalumlo stirs and rises from the soil. Noticing the distance, the difference in his hand and the coloration. Confused, he looks around and sees his longsword almost frozen in snow, as though encased in some ice. And he reaches out towards the familiar blade, no longer shining blue, no brands illuminated. And he pulls his longsword towards him and looks around, bewildered for a moment, confused. And he looks almost peacefully pleased at his blade and stands and sheathes it and turns, seeing no one around, and begins to walk back in the direction of the city of Oshwamp. And your vision begins to fade pulling you back into the area of the room in this magic circle. The smoke dissipates, and you find the three of you still kneeling together here inside of this magical circle. I'm going to clutch the stone and the blade tighter. Mm-hmm.
What was that? I'm gonna stare at the stone for a minute. Mm -hmm. A gift, perhaps? Or a bargain? A bargain indeed. Whatever it is, it saved me thus far. But you must wield the blade. Perhaps for good? For, for whatever that, that thing was. And I, I'll drop my candle by hand. Mm -hmm. Shocked. Mm -hmm. There has been no request of me. I maintain my... my agency. For the time being. It seems it's been forced upon you. Whatever it was. I would not be here. Were it not for this gift. I do not suppose you would refrain from telling the others for now. I, I could refrain, yes. I would appreciate it. If that is what you wish. For the time being, I fear whatever it is that they encountered in Adrian. I do not know if it would be best for them to know about this bargain just yet. I would not keep the secret for long. Perhaps asleep to let them recover, but whatever this is, we are in it together now. I simply ask for time, brother, and I will reach my bloody hand out and touch Ethier, uh, and he would feel that I am deathly cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll grab his hand. Yeah. You take his bloody hand and you feel a chill like grabbing fresh ice radiate through your fingers. I trust you. And I trust you. Thank you for shedding light on what I have become. Of course. Felix, I suppose you may be the best person to ask to look into what this might be. You seem versed in the art of acquiring knowledge. Of what? In, in particular, that, that thing? Or what was done to you? Whatever you can 
find would be most helpful. Perhaps there is a way around whatever the cost is to this bargain. And I'll smile. Take take the benefit before go the cost. A nod. Yeah. And I'm going to put my gloves back on. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put the stone back into its pouch mm-hmm. and dismiss the blade. Mm-hmm. As Felix says that, I just kind of zone out a little bit again. Mm-hmm. And uh, rarely does a bargain come without a cost. The bell tolls for us all at some point. But I will do my best to protect you when it does. Of course. Perhaps someday you will share with me what your cost was. Revia. Yes. I just begin collecting my things. Mm-hmm. Anything uh, else? As we are gathering our things and getting up, uh, would you permit a history roll? See if I know what that thing was and potentially what ritual it performed or what it may be connected to. Any sort of link. Absolutely. To... Oh, no. That is a 13. I will say that you equate the creature to a mysterious one, uh, quite similar to, based on the visualizations described to you as what was Desiel with her ancient, eccentric, strange magics. I will also tell you that this reminds you of ceremonial ascensions performed in the woods by your home back in Ulm. Ceremonial ascensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Balin Woods is the name. Okay. Let me make sure. Got some cursed woods, with similar to Nallen Woods, John. <laughs> Not at all. Cursed. <laughs> not cursed. Not at all. <laughs> Anything. I'm the only one that's not cursed in this party. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, would you say the name Balin Woods when you are giving the description for what you would recall? I'm sorry. Would you say? What are you explaining this to them? Like, are you... Yes. Okay. Yeah, I kind of, like, as they're gathering the things, I took them to think about it. Yeah. Yes. And would you use the name Balin Woods? Yes. You two, as you both speak Elvish, would know that Balin is Elvish for divine. How's that spelled? Holy Woods. B-A-L-A-N. Also, forgive me, did, you said your home woods before, right? I said, yes, I said it 
to pull to and everybody on. that wasn't DJ and Sarah. Okay. So yes, the two of you as well would also know that uh, the Ralva Wode uh, is also Elvish in origin and means the wild woods. That is um, Yalumo's home? Correct. The area in which the woods that he grew up in. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to compose myself and stand and extend a hand to Ethier. Mm-hmm. To help him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll take his hand. Mm-hmm. It's gloved again, so mm-hmm. you don't feel that same chill, but he assists you to your feet as the three of you collect yourselves, all of your belongings, and compose yourselves to walk back upstairs. Anything else you three would like to do individually before I invite them back? Into Ether's mind on the way up the stairs, I will say. Thank you again, brother. I do this only for you. I understand. And it is appreciated. And then I would continue upstairs. Mm-hmm. I would have collected any other herbs that were downstairs, if any at all. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, I will say that the herbs that he had down here were exhausted in terms yeah. of what he had for his stores. Okay, because uh, we only had the one set. Come back, friends. The light thing should work now, I think. Yep, I hit the button. Okay, cool. Yeah, it worked earlier. Good. Oh, cool. I hadn't configured it, apparently. I set it up and didn't tell it to change the scenes. Gotcha. Hey. How's it going? I don't know. How's it going? Well, Fantastic. You're, you're reacting to us walking in this time, so it's better than the last one, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, uh, only about three to four minutes go by, and the two of you are just kind of standing up here. And the door opens once more, and you see your three friends ascend the steps. Hello. It is on. What happened? I'm going to run over to Ethier and look at his hands. Uh huh. You run over towards Ethier, and you take his hands in your hands, and you expose his palms to you, and you see nothing in his hands. Question. Uh-huh. Adrian had taken my hand many times. Uh-huh. I never had that sensation when taking Adrian's hand, right? No. So it is tied to the ritual then. It's a problem for later. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of problems. <laughs> They're all for later. In list of priority, you may or may not be the Antichrist next thing. <laughs> <laughs> My hands are fine. Are you fine? Seems as if I am okay for the time being. Do we need anything else from this place before we... Is everyone up the stairs? Mm-hmm. Everyone's upstairs. Like I said, we, we need to clear it out and make it look like he left. I'm gonna open. Um, you're gonna open the second door? Yeah, I asked you yeah. to before. You feel as your palm once more contacts this door handle. We did set fire down. I think we mentioned that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He told us. You turn, and the door begins to shudder and shake. As you Is the handle warm? I mean, it, she doesn't really have feeling in the void, but as the door shakes, you see smoke 
pouring okay. through the door as it shakes. <laughs> like a lot of smoke? Yeah. Like close we need to the close door. this door they think we're burning the building down. Okay. I mean, again, vacuum, like pocket dimension. Like that is definitively mm-hmm. a thing that I am establishing yep. for you. Yeah. This is in a different space. So you pull your hand away, smoke kind of dissipates. What did stem through lingers for a moment and then dissipates, but whatever the fuck's down there, hot, hot no-go. How long has it been since we were down there now? 30 minutes. Uh, 35 minutes. I will back away from the door as yeah. she cracks it open. Mm-hmm. I mean, did we want to, we wanted to dump stuff in there, right? Well, it's on fire. What, whatever we couldn't take. It's currently on all fire. Of waste. If we take any of it, we're tied back here. I have herbs on me normally. We would only take things that I would normally carry. Everything else we can leave or smash. If Adrian just left, he wouldn't take every belonging he had with him, would he? That depends. Then maybe he would. It's that's what any normal person would do. We don't know where Adrian lives. If you are going to take anything from this place. I don't want anything from this place. As long as we leave that which is... Valuable. Rare. Then perhaps there will be no real tie between what we acquire and Adrian himself. I simply wish to take the herbs that we need. Yes, I, I think just the herbs is probably best. Anything else will, at least in terms of explaining our presence here, will not look good. I agree. So, 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 so then we hide it? The rest? I think we just leave it. Yeah, I say we just leave it. Perhaps we should not all leave at the same time. It's probably a good idea. If there is anyone that sees our group leaving and happens to check on this place, I imagine that that would be... Uh, pretty late into the evening. A direct tie. About 9-ish p.m. a little bit later, because you guys left the tavern around 8. And I said Adrian is open late. As the five of you are standing around here, Don, you once more hear this faint, distant echoing of a crow squawking. Now you guys had closed the curtains at the front. You hear this crow squawk echoing around you, filling this room. And for some reason, strangely, the curtains by the front door sway. No discernible wind or source, only silence as you see these curtains sway, covering the windows in the front, and then you hear... I will attempt... Go ahead. I will attempt to stop the swaying (laughs) with my mystic hand. Yeah. Grab on, I guess, towards the the center of the curtains, both if if they split. Mm -hmm. You just grab a hold of the center. These curtains stop swaying. You keep the curtains closed. Yep. And after a brief moment, you hear 
echoing out from the front door of Adrian's shop. Visitors? Adrian's open late for a reason. You hear... Did Vorst lock the door when he left? <laughs> Is it Vorst? Is Vorst back? He wouldn't You hear knock. a high-pitched, unfamiliar voice calling out, Oh, Adrian, we had a deal, didn't we? And we'll conclude there. Oh, he killed himself down on the deal. <laughs> That's one way out of a bargain. <laughs> yeah, right? Get your get your soul now, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so none of us recognize the voice? No, you do not. Okay. New character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we don't have to meet them. Hey, no doc. Mm-hmm. So fine. How's it how's it feel? Super fine. <laughs> it's really great. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks for watching. <laughs> uh, seriously, thank you for the for the follows and everything tonight and the resubs. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll be back tomorrow at 5 o'clock for something entirely different mm-hmm. with the Princess of the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Somehow, a more lighthearted campaign than this <laughs> Somehow right. more lighthearted than a fun, cold city. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, love you guys. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed uh, the story and all of our, our fun roleplay and stuff. So thank you guys very much, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. Good night. Good night. Bye, friends. Goodbye. Bye.